0: Good morning. I'm Anna Marie. It's time for Focus. It's a closer look at people, places and events, things right here in our own backyard, right here in our area that maybe you don't know about. Today, we're talking about organized Tennessee. Our guest today is Nadira Freeman. And what is your role with Organized Tennessee? I am the executive director at Organized Tennessee. Oh, so they sent one of the big wigs. Uh, <laughs> no, just <laughs> a
1: servant for the people. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh. So, what is Organized Tennessee?
1: So, Organized Tennessee is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization. We were founded in 2019 um, really to fill a gap that we saw just working in campaigns, working in politics across the state. And so, what we do is we work to ensure that that every eligible voter has access to the ballot and can do that with a a level of ease. Um, So we want to make sure there are safe and secure elections. We work to protect voting rights for folks. Um, We do some grassroots organizing, some coalition building, because it takes more than one person, one organization to do this work Mm -hmm. and so our staple programming has been that we recruit people and train people and credential them to be poll observers on election day and so that's a form of civic engagement that most people don't really think about a lot of times organizations will do a voter registration drive which is great we need more registered voters but there's some other things that you can do too so poll observers Um, or one of those, we call it the first line of defense on election day. And so what a poll observer does is that they will be at a polling precinct, they're assigned, again, they have to have a credential from that local election commission. Mm -hmm. And they are just making sure that everything is going fine with the vote. So if someone's running into an incident, they might ask some questions, or, you know, if there's like a a protocol that's like maybe not being followed, just like, hey, have we thought about doing this or um, do we try this?
0: So they're working at the poll as an observer. And you were talking about a protocol or somebody has questions. Yes. What are they looking so for? I'll, I'll
1: break it down a little more.
0: Um, and I've worked on both sides. So
1: what happens on election day, you have people who are working in the polling precinct and they're working for the election commission. And that's your Precinct registrar, so the person when you come in and they ask you for your ID, they ask you to confirm your information about where you live, they ask you what type of ballot you want, they give you your ballot. That's the precinct registrar. And then you'll go to the the voting machine and you have a machine operator who's managing the machines, telling the people when to come in, they set you up, they make sure that you have the right ballot, they allow you to vote, and then they show you or escort you over to the machine counter or the machine um, receiver. To submit your ballot, mm-hmm. so those are the folks who are working for the election commission, and I call them your election workers okay. or like your election officers because they're they're also like um, a clerk. It used to be called. Change of address clerk. So, if you needed to go to a precinct and you had moved, but you show up at the right place, you can go to the COA, is what we call it, change of address clerk, and they will um, look you up, make sure that you are able to vote in that precinct, that Mm -hmm. you're at the right place. And if so, they can just make that edit, change your address, and then process you to vote there. Okay. So, that's kind of like the mechanism on that side. So, poll observers. Um, They can either be there by a third party organization like Organize Tennessee or sometimes candidates who are running for office will also um, have poll observers in the precinct just to kind of keep track of what's going on throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm saying they're just there to more observe. Now, if there's an incident like say you show up at the precinct and they tell you can't vote and you leave. You know, everybody is on. We're trying to vote everybody that's eligible and that we can. We don't want to turn voters away. Yeah. So they might ask the officer, okay, like, why wasn't that person able to vote here? And so that's where it's like, oh, this person just was in the wrong precinct. And if that's the case, that's fine. So we call that a redirect. Uh-huh. So what will happen is one of those poll workers will redirect that person to the precinct that they're supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. Because on Election Day, remember, you can't just drop in at any polling precinct to vote. Yes. That's a privilege that comes with early voting, which is why we encourage people for convenience, you know, you might want to think about trying to vote during those two weeks of early voting yeah. prior to an election day. Because on an election day, there is no wiggle room there. You yeah. have to go to the precinct that you're registered at by your home address. Mm-hmm. So that might just be like, OK, that's fine. But like, let's say someone came in and there is um like a question on their eligibility or where they're supposed to be. Um, And say they did come to the right place. And but they still sent them away because they said you don't live, you know, in this precinct because their ID might have an old address. Oh, but they've moved into the right like they've moved into this area and they're at the right polling precinct. Yeah. Instead of the person like leaving, that's where we can do the change of address because they showed up at the right place and then vote them. Yeah. So it might just be like, a OK, well, do we make sure that they're in the right place? Um, and if they are, then let's, you know, change their address and vote them. If not then let's send them to the right place. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if we want to get into it a little more, there's this thing called provisional ballots, but we can definitely save that for (laughs) another date. But the high level is that if you come to a polling precinct and you're trying to vote and you do not have the proper ID but you are a registered voter because in Tennessee, you have to have a specific form of ID, um, either issued by the state or the federal government. You can vote provisional, but you have to go to the election commission within three days and show them your right form of ID. Uh. And so like that's where it gets a little trickier. That's why we just try to make sure everybody knows what they need, when <laughs> to be there and where to be. So you don't have to worry about all the Follow up and Mm -hmm. or the complications of what happens if you're not just able to process your vote on election day.
0: So if somebody drove you and then you get there and you're like, oh, I don't have my driver's license and that's what you had needed to vote. You're going to have to go back home. But you can vote.
1: I would tell you if that happened and you can, you should go home and get your ID and come back and vote. Yes. 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 If if you do not have access to it, say you lost it, like for for me, for example, I just could not find it. Yeah, I have my passport, though. So I did have identification and that would work for voting. But like, say if I didn't have a passport and I couldn't find my ID, you know, I could. Yes, I would then vote provisional. I would go to the DMV the next morning get an ID processed and given to me. And then I need to take that over to the election commission and show them my ID so they can verify
0: that I am who I say I am. I have the proper ID and Mm -hmm. then yes, I voted. If you're just joining us, uh, I'm Anna Marie and this is focus. And we're talking about organized Tennessee. Not everybody has access to a ride on election day.
1: That's a big thing. And so um, when we start talking about Tennessee and how, you know, voters are interacting Tennessee has some of the lowest turnouts for for voting. Um, Actually, we are number 44th in the nation when it comes to voting turnout. And so when we're looking at these, we call them the missings, people who are registered to vote and don't vote. Those are the questions. Did you just not know where you're supposed to be? Um, Did you have transportation issues? Is it logistics or, you know, what are those things? So for people who need rides, there are several organizations who do offer rides to the polls. A lot of churches sometimes will coordinate with their church vans to be able to pick people up and drop them off. Oh. Also, you know, in Nashville, we are trying to get better <laughs> with our transit opportunities or options. And so I will say that they try to make polling precincts accessible to people even if you need to use public transportation just because we know everybody doesn't have access access to a car. Um, and, you know, you can also be creative about it. So in certain states where there, um, there are not as many restrictions on how people are able to access the vote, um, people do things called like poll, uh, vote parties. And so they'll like all come to one place and like vote together and do that. So you know what that could look like in Tennessee is that we carpool together and we all go at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I didn't have a car, I'm sure I have a friend or a coworker, and then you know, hey, when are you going to go vote? Put it on the calendar. We're all going together. Wow. Yeah. So me, my sister, my niece, and, and my daughter when she's in town, um, we all meet up at the polls together, and it's it's like a a traditional thing now so we take our little picture with the i voted sticker and so yeah you know you got to figure out how to make it work for you
0: and because uh, in my neighborhood for example there are some elderly people Mm -hmm. who i probably could say let's load up in the car we're all going to go do this together and help them get there safely yes okay that's good Mm -hmm. and the missings is that what you call them we
1: yes the missing so um a, a campaign that we're putting together, and really, how do we identify these folks and then talk to these folks, engage with these folks, to try to just increase the the volume of turnout in the state? Um, because that's what's supportive of a healthy democracy, and that's what I think most people want. Um, so, when you look at the numbers in Davison County, there are about there are over one hundred and fifty thousand people who are registered to vote, um, but have not turned out to vote. And then, if you look at our collar counties. In Montgomery County and Rutherford County, it's over 50,000 people in each county Mm -hmm. that we're talking about. In Williamson County, it's over 35,000 people. In Sumner County, it's over 30,000 people. So these aren't just small numbers. And so if we think about engaging people and people engaging with their, you know, right to vote, this is a population of folks
0: that we miss and we want to see you at the polls. Have we found out? Are we able to have information to know if it's specific age groups, if it tends to be more elderly people or if it tends to be more young people? Do we know?
1: So that's in the breakdown of the numbers. I haven't brought that information with me today. But that's one of the cool things about the information is, yes, as we're looking at the different counties then we can break that down by polling precinct and then there's a way to try to match it up to then get a little more granular on the demographic information yeah and so we know there are certain things with elderly people though like that doesn't have to be a determining factor on not voting because then at a certain age you're able to get an absentee ballot and you don't have to leave your home to vote and you know Again, making it convenient, the ease of access to the ballot. So that would be then an option that maybe somebody doesn't know that it's an option to them. Yeah. So that's part of the work that we do at Organized Tennessee, as well as trying to share the information, make it digestible. Um, Again, everybody doesn't use the Internet. So whereas most people are saying just go to this website, WWW, it's like, how do we make sure folks in the communities have the information that they need and are equipped with
0: access? How do they get access? Are we encouraging people to go to a library? Are we encouraging? What are we doing?
1: Mm -hmm. So we're we're working through the grassroots organizing model. So it is like at churches, at community centers, um, at senior living facilities, even like having these conversations, working with partner organizations in several counties. The NAACP is really good about offering rides to the pole. Um, Also, there are disability organizations who are able to help folks who might have, again, just um, access issues get to the poll. Um, That would be something like you need to plan for, though. So I would say if you know you might need um, some extra resources, don't just wait to an election day and then wake up that morning and say, like, how am I going to get to the poll? This is what we call a voting plan. So, you know, if you do it in advance, you can make the call um, and then schedule someone to come pick you up and then get to the poll and then get back home.
0: Organized Tennessee was formed a few years
1: ago. In 2019. So, yes, it's formed and then the pandemic happened. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, we're, we're one of the newer organizations on the block when we talk about some of this work.
0: Were there elections during the pandemic? hmm. What
1: happened? And so that's where you had folks who were able to uh, absentee vote. Um, and so, again, Tennessee is very interesting um, when we talk about ease. Sometimes decisions are being made that is not actually making it easier for people to vote, but more difficult when we think about advocacy and what that looks like. Uh, this is where it's really important for people to kind of like tune in just a bit, because if you see that there are things that are happening and you know, you have questions, there are people you can ask those questions to. So you can ask, you know, your legislator, hey, hey, I saw, you know, I was able to vote remotely let's call it that, like during the pandemic. And now it seems like I don't qualify to do that anymore. Um, What's behind that? And so I would not have known
0: to ask that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Okay. so so this is one of the things in the organizing space and the advocacy space, like the people that you elect to vote, because we say go vote, go vote, go vote. But once you vote, like that's not really it. So now you've put this person in a position kind of like you're the hiring manager, (laughs) And now that you've hired this person, you know, you might want to check on their like their work on their progress. And so, you know, if you look at it like that, everybody has a boss. Most people have bosses at work. You know, you don't get to just do whatever you want on the job and not have to be accountable to anybody. Right. So when we talk about who are legislators, who are senators, our representatives, our council persons are accountable to it's to the people and they need to hear from the people that's also part of the democratic process because if not then you know how do they know what the needs are how do they know what people appreciate and what's not really working well so that's where we also do encourage folks to this is going to sound interesting but actually go to your election commission meeting too. Because a lot of times, you know, people tell you, oh, go to the Capitol and sit in the chamber, go to a committee meeting or, you know, go to your city council or city commission. But each county in Tennessee, we have 95 counties, each county has their own election commission. And they're a decision-making body as well. They're going to be deciding about what are precinct locations, what are the times for early voting, what are going to be the days for early voting. And so that's a really good way, you know, if you're the civically engaged type of person, super, you know, on top of things and have opinions (laughs) about how things should work in your community, that's a great way on this voting process, this electorate that you are able to engage.
0: I think a lot of people don't feel like they know enough to take part in that. I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. How could we get more information to know what we're supposed to be asking about, what we're supposed to be looking for?
1: Yeah. So, well, one... Sometimes the intimidation factor is like, oh, I don't know, or I have to do something. Hey, you don't have to do anything. Like I would say the first meeting, you just go observe because it's also a learning opportunity. You can go and learn what's going on. Like, what are the decisions that are going to be made? What are the conversations that we're having? An example, out in Knoxville, we had a group um, who went to the last Knox County Um, election commission meeting and they were having a conversation about moving a polling precinct again like you know folks would have wouldn't have known that unless they were at the meeting and so then you know after they were like well this is how we feel about it well we we want to like send an email and we're going to go back to the next meeting so sometimes you know once you get there now you're getting information that you do have an opportunity to kind of grapple with, you know, make some decisions about opinion of Mm -hmm. how this works. Or if there's some questions that you have about it, you can direct those questions to these people, like finding out where your election commission meets and or what time that's usually going to be on the website for your election commission and then um, you know sometimes they'll have notes from the previous meetings on there usually that's going to be part of the process where you can just pull a minutes if you want to kind of see where it is or what to expect mm-hmm. or the agenda for that meeting right and again it's it's not anything that's like scary because you don't again have to sign up for public hearing but if you want to make a comment they usually make time for people to be able to address that body and so um To be honest, most of the election commissions are really cool. They actually appreciate engagement. Again, you don't have a lot of people, so it's almost like refreshing. Like, oh, yeah, here go our people. And so building relationships with them is important. Like knowing who's making decisions that are impacting you, that's important. And if you do have the time and capacity to do it, we definitely encourage that. That's what we call advocacy.
0: (laughs) If you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. We're talking with Nadira Freeman, the executive director of Organized Tennessee, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization driven to uphold safe, secure, and accessible elections for every eligible voter. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a yes. good mission statement. Yeah. And so if I wanted to go to an election commission meeting, don't have to call in advance. I don't have to make a reservation. I don't have to do anything. No. I can ju- I just show up and walk in.
1: To be there, yes. Um, now, Every election commission works different, just like every council and commission. So if you wanted to speak at one, there might be a sign up for that. So you want to check, you know, because that's the nuance. There's not a streamlined process to how all these bodies work. So if you do want to say something, then you might want to check to see if you need to like register for um, the
0: public hearing portion. But the meetings themselves, yes, you can attend. And I like the fact that you said you just walk in and listen Mm -hmm. and learn. Yeah. Hear what they're talking about.
1: And then share that information with other people, too. Because you asked earlier, like, well, how are people getting the information? Well, everybody's not going to be able to go. Mm-mm. But if you go and then you talk to your girlfriends about it or when you guys are having the book clubs, like, hey, by the way, did you hear this? Or if you're at church or at the coffee shop, you know, now this is a point of conversation. That's the, like, organic way that people are getting their information. And then also you're a really good messenger because if it was to be a cold call that I'm making, like— Hi, may I speak to Susan? Hi, Susan, by the way, did you know? And they're like, who is this calling my phone? What? I don't have time for this. So that's what, you know, we, we value is like that person to person contact and like organically getting people engaged with this process because that's how you build a base, aware, activated, engaged, energized folks.
0: Before we started the interview, you were telling me a little bit about yourself. You you were you're from here.
1: I um, graduated from high school here. So I graduated from Hillsborough, uh, went over to Fisk University. Mm -hmm. I love our HBCUs. Um, Fun fact: HBCU, historically black Black college College. (laughs) and university. Okay. So and in Asheville actually has a few. So um, my mother and uh, two of her siblings also went to Fisk. My grandmother and my great aunt also went to Fisk, So
0: I am a third generation Fiskite. It's such a legacy. That's fantastic. It is. is. So is that where you got all excited about community involvement and engagement? Or has this been something that did your parents model this? So we are a voting
1: family. Um, So, yes, I grew up in a house where, you know, people vote. I've told this story like once or twice. This is a funny thing. I was in elementary school. We were doing some mock trials, and this was in Boston. It was just a really good program. It was a really great curriculum that these people put together. And, um, so in learning about their process, it was fun. You know, we got to, like, make a ballot box. We were ran our little campaigns. We had our officers. So I think that was my first real introduction to it. And it was a young age. And I remember my mother was a teacher. And so some of her students, you know, remained really close to the family. And so I was with one of her former students. And she was... Um, a student at Simmons and they were having elections and I happened to be with her. And I was like, Oh, you guys are um having elections. Like look at your little ballot box. That's cute. And it was like the group of girls that she was just like, did this little girl just say ballot box? Like, what do you know about this? <laughs> I'm like, it's an election. So, I mean, as early as I can remember, that was elementary school. Like I've kind of been on the, this is interesting to me. Um, when I was in high school, a dear friend of the family, um, Worked in the congressional like office. It was an offsite office, um, satellite office in North Nashville, and so I interned there um, for a few years. And and then even in school, there was a group called Inner High, and we were doing government relations type work. And so um, I didn't go to school for it because I was like I wanted to go into communications, and I thought I was going to be a journalist or maybe like start a dance school. <laughs> All over the <things>, right? <laughs> but um. You know, coming out, doing some different work, I've worked as an editor and I worked in retail and hospitality, but then I landed in nonprofit space because, and I remember I was in a program in high school called Inroads, and um, one of our leaders, we were having a conversation, she was like, well, Nadir, what do you want to do when you grow up or, you know, when you get out of school, go to college? And I said, I want to be able to help people. Like I really wanna do that. And she looked at me and she said, That's really sweet. You know you're not gonna make any money doing that. And I was like, Oh, I rebuke that. <laughs> like that's not what we want. But I rebuke that. I do because in the nonprofit space so, you know, that the focus is usually how are we helping someone and and I'm really drawn to that. Yeah. Um and so did that in education advocacy space for a while, then did go into some government relations, public relations, and then came back to nonprofit here with organized Tennessee. And so um, working to just uphold this mission and there's so many people who do agree and buy in. so it is like everybody has a place. And this work, and we do better work when we're working together. Yeah. And so, creating that space, being a resource, um, connecting the dots a little bit, creating some strategies on how we do this is the work at hand right now. So that's really cool. But you know, I stay engaged a little bit on the political strategy side and on the government side because that all works together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, people are like, "Why?" But it's like if you're trying to make changes. These are the people who are making decisions about what happens. So that's I, not the only thing. Like, there's a community aspect of it too, but you can't ignore this part. So somebody has to kind of focus over here. And due to the fact that I do not want to be an elected official, I found
0: space on the other side. That's a beautiful story. I love <laughs> that. Do you do in school programs? Have you? So we're working with a couple of
1: high schools um, right now to uh, bring. The awareness part uh, with a little lunch and learn series Um, and then looking at ways best to help register young people. Um, One of the things you have to think about when you're doing voter registration, though, is that's a registered person. That's not a voter yet. And there takes some work to turn someone into a registered to then to a voter. And so, um, yeah, it is. Uh, if you talk about if you've ever been on a campaign or talking to a person who's running campaign, you know, you have different levels to a voter status. And so somebody who votes in every election, they're kind of like a super voter. You don't have to do a lot to turn them out um, for folks who don't really vote, vote like sporadically and or haven't voted at all. You just have to do a little more handholding. You have to do a few more touches to get them from, okay, yes, I am eligible to vote now to I am a voter. Mm -hmm. So that's like when we talk about these missings, we want to like engage with them so we
0: can go from you're registered to I am a voter. And then I am a super voter. Yeah. Do you find that people say they don't feel it will make a difference?
1: You do hear that a lot. And um, what I try to tell people is, you know, if you look at it and actually you were you had a, a segment talking about like you look around and things look really gloomy sometimes. And it's like finding hope mm-hmm. or, you know, a place in it to ground yourself. Voting can do that. But it is how you look at it. And I, I told this story actually earlier today. I ran into a young lady. She was um, at my local Walgreens. She was checking me out. And this was uh, a few years ago. So in that election cycle, there were several judges that were up for election. And somehow the conversation got to voting. I think it was early voting had started. And I, just, you know, I was like, hey, have you voted yet? And she was like, oh, I really only vote in presidential election cycles. And I was like, OK, you know, that's what you want to do. But if you're going to pick and choose which elections, and I do encourage people to vote in all elections, You probably want to actually focus on your municipal, your local elections, because these are the people who actually are impacting like everyday life for you. And so we kind of talked it through, like, you know, do you know anybody who's ever had to go to court? And she was like, yeah, I do. I was like, well, these are the people who are going to be sitting making the decisions about what's happening for whomever it is that you know who has to be in the court. And so, you know, again, when you're able to be the hiring manager, do you want to just skip over that opportunity or participate? And I would tell you to participate. What did you say? She was like, I never thought about it like no, that. No. I never thought about it like that. And so no, um, we don't. I didn't follow up to see if she voted, but I I'm feel su- like it was a persuasive argument. And I am hoping that it worked. And then I'm hoping that she went and talked to her friends about it yeah. and was like, hey, y'all, have you thought
0: about this like this? Let's go vote. I bet she did. But I'm also I'm surprised you didn't knock on her door. and go <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Did you go ahead and vote? What else? Is there anything else? Because we're running out of time. This has been fabulous. Anything else that you feel is like something that you want to make sure people know or think about in a certain way that I've neglected to ask?
1: Just again, I you know, a lot of people are like, what can I do to be more civically engaged? So a stay informed. Um, and so now with TikTok and like Facebook and IG, sometimes there are ways like you can. You just get the information you need. You can always follow Organized Tennessee on all our different platforms. Okay. So the IG is at Organized Tennessee. Our Facebook is at Organize TN. And our Twitter, which now is called X, X. but it's still weird. Yeah, think, I know, right? Is at Organize TN as well. Um, and then, you know, where there are opportunities to plug in, you know, do that. And so um, we encourage people to sign up to be poll observers with us. If you want to be a poll worker, usually your county election commission is looking for people. So Davidson County, because um, again I've worked on both sides, we have like little cards where we're working to recruit people to actually work the elections um, here. And again, you get us uh, so much good information, and and now. You're able to help other people in a whole new way. Yeah. And that's impactful and that's important. So find ways to engage in opportunities to help bring other
0: people along. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nadira Freeman, Executive Director of Organize Tennessee. We're going to put some links and more info on our Focus Facebook page. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie and that's Focus.